Welcome, my name is Eddie Arrieta. This is Fulfilling Work Life. We intend to talk to leaders, professionals, remoters, human beings from all around the world who share with us their knowledge. Join me in this daily journey. I just had an amazing conversation with Kenneth Kwong, the founder of Global Citizen Capital. The company currently provides a one-stop as well as offshore and cross-border financial investment and asset management solutions to investors from more than 12 countries across Asia, Middle East, and Europe. I think this is an inspiring conversation. He's done so much. One of those hidden gems that we bring to fulfilling work life. Enjoy this chat. We are officially live. Kenneth, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And I think either your video stopped or the internet is not working out very well. It's going to be one of the two or both. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, now, now, now I see you back. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kenneth. No worries. Thanks for having me. Excellent, Kenneth. Um, you know, I, I really. Uh, I'm really thankful that we are able to have your profile uh, with us today. Um, I think for for most of the shows that we've had, um, we've had a lot of remote work professionals. We have a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, we haven't had, and, and I'm going to use the term loosely, we, we haven't had many activists. We haven't had many, many people that, not, not, right. not that they don't care, but mm. it's a little different, right? When you take a very active role to, to do things that transform and impact socially, like around the world. Uh, and and it, it is not about whether you are, um, from my perspective, it, it is not whether you are like directly working with the communities or if you are making uh, right. jet planes. It is about like what your approach is to that, to that thing that you are doing. Um, so Kenneth, right. wh why, don't you, why don't you let um, uh, the audience maybe learn a little bit about uh, your path? Right. Where, where do right. you come from, uh, and and how did you get to where you are uh, today? And I know that I mean it's a lot of years, <laughs> but but I I, <laughs> I, I, I I really just want to understand what are the things that you that you like to highlight because it's so interesting how everyone decides what to highlight about their lives. Um, so I would love to give you that opportunity. And once again, thank you so much for joining Fulfilling Work Life. Well, thank you. I mean, it's where do I begin, right? Um, I think ultimately, you know, and in alignment with everything, literally everything that is going on with, in the world these days, right? Um, 2020 has always been, you know, for me, at least professionally speaking, um, in alignment, what we call the decade of action, which is, you know, in according to the United Nations, we're hopeful to achieve a lot of uh, positive social impact change in the remaining 10 years until 2030, which is the goal for the uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Um, I was very honored and lucky to have worked for, I suppose, uh, in an investment banking atmosphere for 10 years of my life. And I think, you know, if you look back right now, right, I'm again, very grateful for all the opportunities. Yet, I'm also aware of the fact that, you know, sometimes working in a financial institution or a legal institution or, a, you know, any type of professional settings, you may not be as encouraged um, as right now for when I work for myself and sometimes or with strategic partners to really build out your passion and your dream. And most importantly, and I use this word loosely because it sounds very grandiose, but you know, if at the end of the day, when you leave this earth, what do you want to be known for, right? Do you want to be known as someone who has made X dollars? Do you want to be known to be someone who has saved X number of lives? Or, you know, or do you want to be known as, you know, someone who, um, you know, empowered X number of people to have a better high quality life? And I finally realized that, you know what, all three can happen. So here we are trying to lead the uh, impact investment space uh, from Asia and beyond. 
and, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that because the common denominator of this show, um, and 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 it's called fulfilling work life for for a reason. Uh, it it it's 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 that exploration on on what it is that you can do that can transform other people's lives. And um, at the same time, it is a lot about like when when that journey starts, right? Um, for for yourself, um, how how do you or how did you how did you find your purpose? Uh, what 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 process did you go through to find that that this is what you want to do? Wow. This, well, the last time I got asked this question was in Davos. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the most simple way of explaining it, it's I think, again when you work so hard every day doing what other people tell you to do sometimes you're not allowed the liberty to think and again when i left banking and i worked um for two family offices based in beijing i mean essentially it's 15 years of finance right and you figure out at the end of the day when you go to bed like what have i done for this world <laughs> right um I think a lot of people do have that heart and that passion to be who they want to be, but you also sometimes, you know, I'm going to be blunt here and say, I'm very grateful again, to have the resources to leave the financial industry and pursue my dreams. Right. And this is something that I wish every one of us will have one day as well. The, the so-called, you know, economic freedom to uh, chase your passion to really, you know, take care of the world, um, like, you know, especially in times of crises. And what I often tell, you know, a lot of, you know, when I do webinars and panels without getting too cheesy, as you can imagine, right? Um, it's about at the end of the day, what makes you sleep better at night, right? And I really do hope that people take this time to really reflect on their lives before COVID and after COVID and where do they believe you know, they fit in the so-called new normal and what would they change about their lives to make it better for the next generation, especially of us, you know, for those who have children. Uh, but in a nutshell, as I said, it's, it's really a mental exploration, this internal sense of purpose and drive. And again, I'm happy and honored to have mentors who guide me. And I would encourage everyone to sometimes just take that mental break and explore, look innately what makes you a human being? And hopefully the answer is already there. It's very interesting. Yesterday I was um, looking at one of my friends' uh, stories on Instagram. And uh, the, it was a quote from Marcus Aurelius' book. And it said, um, the job of a human being is to be a good human being. And, yeah. and uh, it, it was very interesting because in in work and in life and in leadership, it seems that takes uh, some time for us to understand that we we have an impact right no matter who we are or where we are at there is an impact there 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 whatever actions we take whatever words we say whatever anything we do uh, it has an impact elsewhere um from your perspective um and from what uh, you are doing today what are some of the things that you are that you are very conscious? It's gen, that are generating an impact. They're saying like, "I'm doing that because I do know, I know it generates an impact." What are some examples of that? Oh well, I mean, great start. I mean, it's um, so this is where I like starting into getting in, well, getting more into the details of what to do because I've I've actually made a very simple uh, rule to myself, Eddie. Is is that after three months of webinars now, if you don't have something good to say or interesting to say, just bite your tongue, right? So, you know, I mean, all of us are very zoomed out already, as you can imagine. And again, I'm not here to, you know, give my wisdom or that type of thing. But I think there are a few practical steps, which, um, you know, I can hopefully, you know, take this opportunity to share with everyone um, on how to essentially look at your life uh, before and after COVID-19 and of course with all the civil unrest that's going on and see what what type of human can we end up being right um, step one um, 
oh, by the way, this is not supposed to be like a McKinsey, uh, a guide for, you know, top 10 things you're supposed to do to, <laughs> to, have, <laughs> to have a more meaningful life. Absolutely not, right? Um, but it, it does go along, you know, that, that, that's, that uh, thought, like the line of thought, right? So number one, I would definitely um, always encourage everyone to think about, you know, as a human being, the people that genuinely has been there for you through thick and thin in crisis mode. Um, we do take our family and our loved ones and our best friends for granted sometimes. So I would encourage everyone, you know, you know, in the near future, reach out to those who have made your life just that little bit or that much better recently, um, because we all need a lot of, um, you know, um, self-comfort uh, for both our physical and mental health. That's one. Um, step two is, you know, being at home a lot. Um, in the future, who knows, the work from home, as you can imagine, working remotely is going to be a continuous theme. Um, paying attention to your mental health um, is extremely important. There are a lot of resources out there that guides you so that you don't feel like your life is essentially blurred from, you know, leaving your bedroom into the kitchen or into the living room and then back to your bedroom and that's the end of your day, right? Um, again, um, use the available technology, um, you know, in 2020 that is in the market and that can help you uh, regulate um, how you feel about the world. Um, for, by the way, I'm not a tech person, but I recently bought in some uh, VR uh, virtual reality uh, calming system. I'm not sure, not sure you know the ones that you put on your head and you pretend you are, you know, surfing or uh, camping under the stars. You, 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 know? you put your you put your feet in the water and then and then you you feel that you're in the sea. Yeah, that would be great, right? Yeah. So definitely the mental health factor. Um, number three, and this is me, of course, being a bit biased. Uh, you know, I do get quite involved in the startup scene. Um, I always believe that everyone, literally everyone I have met has that most amazing startup idea. This, you know, no filter, no bars hold, you know, this idea about, hey, I have something that could make this world a better place. But as you know, 99.9% .9 of ideas fail to materialize because there's no active support system generally associated with those ideas. So again, if you have those ideas which you think will really change the world, don't hold them back, you know, don't put them in your pocket or seal an envelope and put it in the safe, right? There are a lot of resources out there that you can, again, on LinkedIn, do a shout out. I mean, on Medium, write an article about it, talk to Eddie, maybe he knows a lot of people working remotely who shares that idea and interest. Again, I always believe that type of, you know, origination of fresh ideas is what makes us human and what makes society improve. So again, whatever idea you think, you may think it's stupid, you may think it's not developed. You know what, there are plenty of other people who may take that idea and do something with it. So definitely don't hold back. That's my number three. Um, but yeah, am I doing okay so far? Or uh... you're doing, you're doing, you're doing great so far. And, right. and I and I think we are gonna have, you know, our problem here is gonna be how do we cover everything that we that we could be talking right. about. Uh, how how about you you tell us a little bit? And I'm putting guys um, a little description. Um, Kenneth is also the founder of the Better Together Foundation, uh, which supports empowerment of minority communities in development countries. Uh, how 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 does this work? How do you support uh, the empowerment of minorities uh, uh, right. in, these, in developing countries? <laughs> right. So, dang, you actually did your research. Uh, <laughs> um, normally, people just ask me to talk about everything and anything, right? But, well, I think, I think again, this is something I, again, I suppose it's my passion because I believe in not just in a virtuous cycle, but also in something related to circular economy. But again, not in this pure sense of, you know, a product being manufactured and you can disassemble it again and it can be, you know, used in other products. I always believe even at a young age, you can frankly do what I call a dual, dual business model, whereas you can balance for-profit and non-profit. 
So when I started Global Citizen Capital, my end goal was not, again, thinking about dollars. My end goal was thinking about lives, uh, more like enriching of lives, clearly, um, because I'm not a uh, medical institution. Um, though I have many friends who are in this circle, I suppose, so I learn a lot from them. So Better Together was born um, out of a essential personal commitment that 20% of net income of Global Citizen Capital is diverted into a nonprofit foundation, which then through a separate team, um, so that again, there's no conflict of interest between the uh, for-profit and nonprofit, directs that funds and invest in essentially youth empowerment initiatives. And, and people ask me, what is youth empowerment in my definition? My definition of youth empowerment is ensuring that they achieve the basic skill set needed to essentially do a very normal desk job, so to speak. Again, it depends on different countries, it depends on different cultures, but there are, frankly speaking, a lot of amazing, exceptional, unsung heroes in this world, which I've honestly had the biggest privileges of meeting. And you know what? They may not have come from the most wholesome family background. Some come from broken families. Some due to reasons have been affected by violence, um, either the parents. Some are girls who are, you know, sexually assaulted. And they, because of all these, you know, things that happened to them, they missed a lot of the education or your standard, you know, let's finish high school, let's get, a, let's get an internship, let's go to university. Again, all that was taken away from them. So what do we do as private citizens? We mentor um, through a network of local leaders. So Global Citizen Capital, because of our startup investments, essentially have mentors in six different countries in Asia Pacific. And I'm sorry, if you're gonna work with our community, you gotta give back. So a lot of the startups that we work with, guess what? Over the weekends, they take their time out to coach, to mentor, to work with, so-called disenfranchised or marginalized youth on business ideas. We teach them how to use basic technology, uh, basic coding and programming. We teach them how to, you know, frankly, as simple as working in a restaurant. How do we make your work better for yourself so that you can make a bit of money and still have the money saved to learn? And again, just teaching them how to use open source, you know, technology and also open application academic tools that are available. We, again, we can't say that we make a finite amount of, you know, impact on these individuals, but I hope that they learn something and it's a ripple effect because whatever they learn, they can share with their community. And again, the ripple effect. So I guess that's what we do. And sometimes, you know, it's these things that keep me through, you know, very tough times personally as well. Fantastic. And, and I presume, of course, due to COVID-19, certain things have, have changed. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how, how you did it before, because if you want to empower communities in developing countries, I mean, there are many developing countries. So how, how did you manage your travel schedule? How did you manage your communications with the different communities? How did you maximize your, your reach around the world, per se? Well, I wouldn't say the world, but we try. <laughs> the, uh, well, because of my regular day job in global citizen, global citizen capital, we do travel a lot for conferences. So, and generally when I do a conference uh, in Bangkok or in, you know, or in Ho Chi Minh or in Manila, you know, that's when we organize one or two days so-called, um, you know, <laughs> return weekends. Some, some of my team kind of gets angry with me. It's like, Kenneth, this is a weekend. Why are we working? I'm like, it's not working. I'm here spending time doing team building. And of course, my definition of team building is we, you know, we bring in a lot of these, uh, you know, potential recipients of help. And again, we network. It's like brick brother and brick sister, that type of way. And I think these days, you know, it's, I always, again, it sounds cheesy. Again, I do apologize for that. But if I think there are plenty of people who do want to do more good with their time. And again, I'm nothing against social media, nothing against, you know, video games, because we all have our various formats of, you know, release, so, so to speak, from the, from the real world and, you know, 
the problems that happen there. But as I said, all we ask for my team is just one hour, 45 minutes a day, if they can spare it to do these things. And generally you do find, if you get the word out, you do find you know, enough people that, you know what, it's not the worst idea to spend my time. And they actually enjoy doing it in the end and they learn something themselves. I think this is one thing I, I'm sure, you know, Eddie, talking to so many people, so many people self-reflecting and I can work remotely and working from home or working in all different types of, you know, environments. Sometimes the more people you talk to or you try to help end up them helping you back in some ways. So I guess, again, everything is circular. It is, it is. And I think someone, um, uh, it was. It was actually. It was um, Steven Shadlatsky from Simon Sinek's team. The, he's a lead igniter. He was in, in the show, and he was mentioning that um, if you looked at the Alcoholics Anonymous uh, movement, the the last step of their program, I think it's a fourteen step uh, test or or sixteen. We'll have to check if someone if someone has that data. Please go Google it, find it for us, put it in there so that everyone can confirm. But the last step right. is to help someone else and right. it's and, it, and it's super interesting because of course once if you see the the learning uh pyramid uh like the the thing that you learn the least from is from being lectured by someone <laughs> or being in a lecture or being in a class that's like that's very tiny when you teach someone else you learn much more that that you learn when you receive the information because you need you need some learning loops to be able to like transform to 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 do that so it makes a lot of sense that when you are helping others all of a sudden you're learning so much about yourself that you didn't consider before right. i i wonder kenneth like when when because you are right when you meet a lot of people there is so much that you learn that 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 you don't want to sometimes there are things that you learn that become like engraved into you like it's almost like written right. in every single cell of your body um is there is there a particular something that, that you have learned that you could say okay this this i learned about helping people that 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 makes this much easier to do well, I think I can give a very practical experience in some sense, a case study, because this is what we have been doing. You know, you and I, I don't even want to count how many kilometers that separates us, separates us right now, right? That's I mean, we're almost literally, <laughs> we're literally almost, if you, you know, exact opposite, essentially. I, th I think we are. I think we are. If, if, if I put like a whole, I, there is, there is, there's an actual website that does this for you. Like oh, you really? put a whole, yeah, actually, yeah. It's called right. like the other side of the world or something. Yeah. And then you, and then it, it pins, points your IP address and it tells you like where on the other side it is. And I think right. I would come out in like somewhere in Indonesia, like right next to Bali or something like that. So we, yeah. we're almost, well, yeah, a little bit, but anyways, please. Continue. Yeah, but again, again, and now we're having a chat about, you know, you know, working and the realities of, you know, the new normal working. And this is exactly my point. Whereas, you know, I'm grateful again to be a bit well-versed, so to speak, in doing business all across Asia, including North. I have, you know, Japan and South Korea and China all the way south to Australia, through Singapore, through Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, like, you know, the list goes on. And I feel like, you know, in this day and age, sometimes a lot of brilliant ideas is, uh, maybe it's because of cultural divide or is it because of language issues, never really properly get shared. I mean, the last time I honestly thought about Latin America, and I'll be honest with you, Eddie, was at Davos, which is like three and a half months ago, because how often do we meet experts, you know, in that region? Because there's not much business development between these two regions, right? Um, I mean, I can't, I'm picking my brain. I can't think of a joint venture that was announced recently between any Asian country in Latin America. Again, I may be wrong, but again, it's, it just shows these worlds, even though we can be so connected just like this on a Zoom call, business-wise or social impact-wise or philanthropy-wise, we're not that connected. So you know what? I always say, well, now you know me. My name is Kenneth. I, you know, I run GCC Global Citizen Capital. I'm based in Hong Kong. Anything you want to learn about Asia, anything you feel like your business can do or potentially can do in Asia, if you have a charity that wants to seek funding in Asia, I mean, not overplaying the Asia card clearly, right? But again, now you have someone you know in this region who can be your 
you know, someone you can knock on the door and say, hey, I got this. What do you think about it? Right. And if more of us actually play this role, I think the world would get a much more interconnected. And frankly, again, it's so easy to do it because look at us. We're just on a Zoom call. Yeah. Right? I, I, and I, it, time difference. Definitely. And I, I think, I think, I think, you know, people disregard the value of communities. Um, like it is significantly, I think I've, I've seen this over and over again, where, um, you know, companies are hyper-focused on like hyper-growth. And then they are thinking if we don't have 20 million people on our platform, we, we are not growing. And then again, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's 15 of us on this, on this phone call right now, right? 15 people, there are 15 human beings. That's 225 potential interactions. Like if we all decide to connect with one another, I'm back. That's 225 different configurations of like the things that we could do together. And, and, I'm, and I'm not even just talking about like this meeting. We are talking about when you decide eventually to share these, this content or where you decide to share the network and where you remember Kenneth. Oh, I thought about something with a, a Kenneth. I thought Eddie or that, that sort of connectivity. Um, it's, I, I think I think COVID has made it much more evident, has made made it stronger. Which is like before, yeah, we were like out there and like we were talking to people, but we were not making the connection. Like right. it is very unlikely that I will forget that we have met. It's very different than if we were at a conference. Like right here, we are recording this. There are there are, there are some of you guys are already watching this. You are part of this story. We have something together, and I think, and I think that makes that makes for a stronger link. Um, Kenneth, I want I want to hear your perspective, and and I know you know we, we are we're buddies now, so we can we can talk we can talk openly. Uh, the world, um, there is a lot of evil in the world. There is a lot of evil even within within ourselves. And and creating connections sometimes is, is not easy. You have mentioned some of the cases that you have worked with of people that come from violent backgrounds, maybe violence within themselves. Uh, and 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 we are a very unforgiving, uh, very unforgiving creatures, I would say. And and we it's hard for us to give second chances. It's it's hard for us to like move forward sometimes. And that comes a lot with with the mental health movement that's coming and i remember um it is uh, secretary general um of um the the world health organization their goals for this year were, were on mental health and they said you know we want everyone to have access to mental health everyone not the rich not the privilege because it's not a privilege it is a right so my question to you is what do you think is the role of, of connectivity and connection and network to help us uh, gain a better sense of our mental health and our mental status? How do you think like being connected helps us in, in that regard? Well, I think there is pros and there is cons, right? And I'll be not the first nor the last to admit it. We like the world to see us sometimes in different ways than how we're feeling. In some sense, we like to portray that we are stronger, we are better, we are more glamorous than our actual life is. And that's just human nature. That's what social media does, right? And again, I'm a victim of that myself, right? And I also fall into these stereotypes when I post something on LinkedIn that's very different than a post on Instagram because I feel like the audience is different. And at the same time, it's like, why am I trying to be 15 versions of myself. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're all complicated human beings, right? And so, yeah, sometimes, you know, you know, between Facebook, between Instagram, between LinkedIn, and between everything else, you kind of lose yourself within these communities. And again, I'm openly admitting that because that's just what happens to me, right? So, but back to your question about, you know, how does connectivity with other humans help not just the mental health, but, you know, the whole point of building and ecosystems and communities. And, you know, um, I would say that, you know, we are in some ways a product of the people that we know. I would say that if you look at the closest 10 people that I call, you know, my best friends, my partners, my soulmates, I have a piece of me in each of them and vice versa. And this is why, you know, we have these very strong relationships. 
I myself rather have 10 amazing friends who I know I can count on than 5,000 friends on Facebook, which I do have. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but it just adds up that way. And, you know, it's, these people are great to know. They're great of sharing a message, but ultimately when things go to crisis mode, back to my point, you're really looking after, and you should be looking after those who truly put themselves in front of fires, you know, for you, because that's how deep those relationships run. And, you know, in the world of connectivity, you know, again, I don't think there are any more restrictions of two people who share a passion, who share it to join forces. You know, back then, as I said, without all these technology, if I know a friend who lives in the UK, right, again, I have to call him, business is hard to do as a partnership, right? But now, like you said, so for example, I'm not sure you know, Eddie, we started a the family mass work. It's really about taking ambassadors from all my friends that I know around hey, the world. Kenneth, could you repeat the last 20 seconds? I think we lost, uh, we lost signal and, and I was just checking. Uh, know, so sorry, you right. said, um, I don't know if you know, uh, you know, if you knew, but yeah. And then, but yeah. There. So yeah. So we started this uh, surgical mask company um, called family mask because we all know that globally, you know, everyone is out of stock in surgical masks because of COVID. But the way we did it, which is a bit different, is again, we're not selling to distributors who then sell to retailers and then who sell to individuals. What we did was we essentially formed an alliance of all our family and friends around the world. Imagine like, just like World Economic Forum, we have literally different hubs across the world and these people through their social media through the connectivity let the world know that you know what if you just need 50 masks if you need 100 masks we'll ship it directly from hong kong to you and you get it in two three days right so again if you take connectivity and use it for good and also empower everyone else to do good at the same time because by the way it's not just for selling a lot of us donate. We have donated, I think, around 300,000 surgical masks so far since March 12th, right? And how did these masks get donated? Again, it's people going out there. They know there's something that we can help on. They know people that need help and everybody rallies up and gets this done, right? This would have never been possible without the latest technology and the connectivity that makes it so easy for people to work towards a common goal united by the same passion. So again, my final word on this thing is if people can really look at how connected they are and just think of one way they can all help each other help their each other. Again, the ripple effect, as you can see. Again, I think the world, a lot of these problems will solve itself. Awesome. Um, and, and Kenneth, I, I have, I have um, you know, regarding your project with surgical masks, I, I want uh, you to tell us a little bit about how much experience did you have before this? <laughs> you want the honest truth? <laughs> I, want the, I want the whole truth. Oh, oh my God. Um, the only experience I had with surgical masks in my life up to now is buying them and donating it to orphanages. So I've never been involved in production. I've never been involved with global testing. I have definitely have not been involved in procuring machines that make surgical masks. Wow. And, and, and I think the reason why I want to highlight this is because we, we've, that is another common thread in, in, in those that are trying to find what's fulfilling for their lives right. is that uh, a lot of experience might not be required to get started and to get moving in that direction. What drove you to do this? Definitely family and friends. And this is why we call it a family mask, right? Um, Hong Kong, you know, it's pretty much at the forefront of this COVID crisis because we are most adjacent to China. 
And even back in early February, there's no surgical mask in Hong Kong. And in China is the largest surgical mask producer in the world. So can you imagine, you know, Hong Kong running out of surgical masks? I mean, you have grandparents, underprivileged children, like the homeless, the unemployed. I mean, it's almost as if the whole system got shattered because you can't even, and this is something I think about also very strong about Asian culture is that because we've been through SARS and other types of uh, similar situations, we are very self-aware that if we don't wear a mask or we don't have masks, we don't go out because there is some sort of, you know, cultural shaming attached to people who don't look after themselves or protect themselves when you go out in public. So again, the shortage of masks made that impossible. And to be honest with you, we are not exactly people without resources. We have connections, but everybody also is using those same connections to acquire masks. And guess what? Those with the highest amount of resources end up, for lack of a better word, hoarding medical supplies. You know, a family of five who is, has a listed company, I mean, like, why do you need 500,000 masks? I mean, you have a family of six. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Again, it's not cool. It's not fair. So you know what? Basically, we did the, I can't show this on Zoom, but you can see what I'm doing with my finger, uh, to these uh, so-called... Uh, you know, upper echelon high society people. And we took over two dilapidated um, um, so-called uh, factories that have the facilities in uh, just across the border from Hong Kong and we got to work. So when we started selling it, we sold them at cost. It was, people thought we were crazy. They're like, Kenneth, you could, you could make another few millions just by selling this at, you know, like a dollar per. I'm like, US, by the way, that's, that's US dollar. I'm like, no, right. our cost is 18 cents. I'm going to sell it at 23 cents. Right. And guess what? Now everybody right. knows us in Hong Kong and beyond. And again, did I make money in later on? Definitely did. Did I make money in the beginning? Definitely not. But do I go to bed? Do I walk with my head proud in the streets of Hong Kong, which is my home? Absolutely. That just matters more to me. Yeah, that's, that's that's super super important. And and Kenneth, how many people are are working with you on this and the other projects? Like, how many people are are connected in this network? Right. Well, we call it the uh, the ecosystem, right? So, um, actually, it's funny you ask because we just did a tally because uh, you know we're getting ready. By the way, everyone out there who's listening, Hong Kong is finally having its uh, startup festival in July. It's virtual. It's six days of events. Awesome. So trust me, if you guys have any ideas to showcase to the world, if you have bright partnerships to announce, please let me know. I'll give you the platform to showcase it. Um, but, but as awesome. I said, since um, you asked that question, yeah, within, I would say my core group out of a portfolio of companies is around 18 to 20 founders. And then between each of them, they have approximately around 10 to 15 staff. So I would say our core community within GCC is around 300 people. So 300 people, that's, uh, I don't know if you guys count, but uh, 300 people can do a lot of, and if we do the maths, of course, you can understand how many interactions are possible within, within that group of people. How, how about you tell us about this platform? What's going to happen in Hong Kong uh, in, in July? I really, I'm really curious about that yeah. because, for two reasons. I'm going to tell you why. Reason number one, I do know there are so many people, like you said it earlier and I forgot to ask, like there are so many unseen heroes. Like we need, that's why I love this space because people think, oh, you know, you only see the, the people that you know. And I'm like, there are so many unseen heroes that need a platform and need someone to take that content and then repurpose it to different places. Like that's what we want to do with Fulfilling Work Life. We want to show people that there are, there are amazing professionals with ecosystems of 300 people like Kenneth. Uh, that, that some there people might not... Ones. Yeah. There are much bigger ones, of course, but we need to we need to create these virality loops that allow for everyone to know that they can work with you today. 
right? And if they can work with you today, then then perhaps they want to help you. Perhaps now I can talk to Kenneth and say, hey, Kenneth, how about we put that, how we use our platform to allow your people to post the opportunities that they have? Right. Like, it's, it's amazing. So, so what's going to happen in Hong Kong? Tell, tell us about that context and how people can, can help in there. Right. Sure. I mean, well, take a step back, Eddie. Remember how I reached out to you on LinkedIn, right? You remember? Right, 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 right. right. It's because we are, we share common networks and we're part of common communities, right? So again, I don't know you personally before this, but your, you know, your profile speaks volumes. And again, thankfully, I have a list from WEF, you know, of key people to contact, right? Again, it's just, this is how communities work. And if you think about it, Eddie, right? So, um, the world has, you know, the you has it has again open society foundations, you know, Gates Foundation, Skull Foundation, Obama Foundation. Again, there's so many global nonprofits in this world. Who you know what they do on every day to inspire people to do good, to do better, right? But what's the what's what's missing again is the capital side. Right, there are a lot of VCs, a lot of private equity firms, a lot of family offices, a lot of private wealth, and somehow between these two circles, there's a very small overlap called impact investing. Right, thankfully over the years, it's that that circle or that inter uh, connecting area is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So for Hong Kong, you know, it is a startup uh, festival, but the spirit is really to celebrate the resilience and the pivoting of young entrepreneurs globally. Because, because it's a virtual event, we essentially opened it up to the world to showcase their stories of triumph. Again, a platform, like you said, for any unsung hero to be nominated and to be given the platform to share with the world what they have done. And all this, by the way, will be documented beautifully after using, a, I don't know, whichever format the organization committee is still deciding. But imagine, again, it's a six-day event. How many people we can showcase and how many beautiful stories we can tell? So, I mean, for me, I'm not a filmmaker, but I'm sure there's enough to, uh, you know, make a two-hour movie out of it. But uh, as I said, you know, yeah. any, any, any people from your ecosystem, you know, please do, you know, let us know. And then, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, our part in uh, highlighting these unsung heroes of the world. How many people are going to be in that uh, event uh, or expected? Yeah, 21,000 delegates, uh, 500 speakers, and I think 50 global organizations participating. That is fantastic. I think I definitely want to get involved. I definitely want to see what we could do because uh, from, and, and for those of you guys that are listening to this or watching this, you know that this, this show is directly sponsored by Torre. And what Torre is trying to do is to help people find work that's fulfilling for them. And what better, what better venue that, than having, than having all of these uh, talented human beings that are trying to do stuff that they love. Like that is the, perfect scenario uh, for us to be involved with so uh, once again remember um, you can you can follow uh, this transmission if you do torre.co slash live uh, this is going to be reposted of course on Facebook YouTube Instagram TV LinkedIn and eventually of course the podcast as well we're going to be taking snippets in the future and putting them out there I think uh, Kenneth of course I, like I mentioned earlier uh, I think we could talk for hours um, I think I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the opportunity to meet you in person and, and see what are some of the things that we could do. But I definitely see how, how as a case study, what you're doing really can inspire others and impact others around the world. Um, if someone wants to learn from you or, or communicate with you and then figure out how they could, you know, work together, what can they do? How, how, can, they, how can they get to you? Well, LinkedIn, I think, is the easiest. Uh, you know, um, as you said, it's um, I'm not at the stage where someone has to professionally manage my LinkedIn, uh, but it would be useful sometimes. I'll be honest, because as you can imagine, like you, you have so many people reach. I mean, when once you're in the process of building a community or an ecosystem, it's a different ball game, right? Um, but absolutely, I mean, 
again, LinkedIn is easier to reach out to me because um, uh, I'm sure we'll share that within the, um, the, the group chat later on as well. Uh, but apart from reaching out to me, I would honestly be honored if, again, back to my main point, again, if you had the idea that you wanted to do that's been buried under 15 layers of carpet because you think it doesn't make sense, tell me that. Because, you know, honestly, within 17 countries in Asia, that, you know, this region is all about taking one idea and seeing how many countries can catch on, like a very standard impact investment model, right? I take this, you know, recyclable chopsticks idea, right? And you literally hit a button and it goes to 17 different countries and they would come back to you and say, hey, this works, this doesn't work. And based on how many countries is feasible, I am sure your idea will at least be feasible one or two. So you know what? Send that to me and then that would be a well. great beginning great beginning to a new relationship somehow, right? So, Awesome. I, I just want to hear, and this is going to be my last question. I always uh, indulge myself into the last question. Um, what is your perspective on remote work and, and the future of work? Right. I would like to say that you should do more fulfilling work, <laughs> advertising for your platform. Um, no, absolutely. Like, and I will be the first to say that, and my team knows it. I am basically accessible seven days a week, 18 hours a day, because I genuinely, genuinely, again, genuinely, I like to repeat it three times because like a genie, it makes it, it, makes it real, right? Um, I do enjoy what I do, right? And when you enjoy what you do, and the people around you also enjoy what you do, it's a really fulfilling sensation. And I really hope that everybody get that sense one day and feel that. Again, I'm blessed because, because of GCC and Better Together Foundation. You know, Again, on both nonprofit and for-profit side, I have team members who are very driven by the same values of sustainability and impact investing. But for most people out there as a small step, again, why don't you reflect on something fulfilling that you do? And I would advise you, to take that sense of fulfillment. Again, if the situation allows, by the way, I'm not advising anybody to quit their job tomorrow and do things fulfilling, right? I'm asking you to take a baby step, mental mindset switch and say, hey, I may want to do something more fulfilling. Again, this is my personal opinion. Why don't you do some charity work first with two or three buddies or friends that share the same vision? And I have actually seen a lot of people do this and guess what? The three of them end up founding their own company in a few months. Right? It's about finding that moral support that there are people out there. And that's what connectivity, and I think this is why Tor is so important because it allows people to connect with each other, not because of what's on the resume or their titles or the companies they work for. It's about connecting based on what you love doing, what means value or love to you. And again, if this platform goes bigger and I, I truly feel it will, please, you know, have a chat with me as well on how to grow this in Asia, because frankly, you know, with all the impact investing that's going on, impactful employment and employee maintenance, retention and training is even more important after COVID than before. Kenneth, let me tell you, like, it, we are going to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I think I think the vantage in July is the first thing that we're going to be working on together. Absolutely. Um, now, I, I do believe that this, this is what these spaces are for. We need to create connections. In fact, I always invite those that are, like, live on, on Zoom or or Instagram, or, sorry, Zoom or Facebook, and then watch this later or listen to it later that if they want to connect, if they have an idea, if they think they thought of something we didn't think about, but they think we could do together, like, go ahead, like, let us know, because that's how we need to connect. So uh, you can find us, of course, on all of the social media that you have available. Um, if you want to find me, you can also signal me on, on Torre. I want to share with you guys um, also a link. Um, maybe it's not working. Maybe it's not going to work. Uh, but it's, uh, we are going to do an on conference. Uh, but we're only looking, uh, this is going to be on, um, let me just write it down, on conf. Um, we're going to be doing the on conference on the, um, the first week of, oh, sorry, the second week of June. So June 17th to the 20th. Um, so if you guys are interested, 
uh, just just sign up. Uh, it's completely free. Uh, and it'll just be spaces for seven people to talk about different topics and then anyone can just uh, join. Uh, Kenneth, uh, where can we find um, any of the organizations and where can we find your ecosystem um, on, on, on social media? How does it, how, how can we find it? Well, I mean, between LinkedIn and website and everything, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Um, most of the startups we invest in are also, you know, public information as well. So again, the happy hunting. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, as I said, the best way, again, if for, for situations like this, it's best to just talk to me directly, if not the, my foundation head. Because I think a lot of people on this call, they may be more in touch with their so-called social philanthropic or you know social impact initiative side that's where my foundation team comes in and steps in but if you have a business idea that can do impact for the world then i'm the right guy so you know what for now i'm happy to as a, as a initial business building you know just come at me and then i'll see who is the best person within my team for you to talk to Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Um, I, I want to say uh, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I really hope we yeah. can uh, continue collaborating. I'm going to be looking into how we can get involved with the conference in July. Absolutely. Uh, as a platform, I think it makes a lot of sense. I want to thank everyone who has taken an hour of their day. I think, you know, having having 14 human beings that are listening to us today is a, is a beautiful Great. gift of, of life. Uh, I yeah, hope um, that yeah, thank you. And, and I hope you guys uh, find this day to be fulfilling for all of you. Um, Kenneth, I don't know if you have any last words of wisdom to share with, with the audience. No, I wouldn't say. As I said, I do look very much forward to learning from these 15 individuals. And as I said, it's, it's never about the quantity. It's about the, again, we always joke, right? Out of 100 VCs, there's maybe, you're lucky, three people that's into impact investing, right? So, you know what, 15 people, 16 people on this call, plus those on Facebook, it's essentially we reach out to two, 3,000 people already. Because again, not many people actually are passionate about fulfilling and, you know, impacts and sustainability. So, you know, thank you for continue leading the charge and uh, keeping one, everyone inspired during these difficult times. So, hats off to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Loretto, for your comment about, about the program. Tatiana Walter, uh, Nefi Mef, uh, Juan Jose, uh, Cesar Arsen, Angie, Anna Salis. I know you guys are there like every single day. I fully, 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 fully appreciate it. So thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you can join us again tomorrow, tonight. We're going to be talking um, uh, to an MIT under 35 most innovative people um, in Latin America. That one is going to be in Spanish. <laughs> so it's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Hola. <laughs> 7 p.m. Central Time. So join us tonight um, if you want to know how to sign up. Torre co slash mvivo if you like what you're seeing today please share it uh you know we're going to be sharing the video with kenneth if you enjoyed this conversation you're definitely going to enjoy the snippets so please be able to share that follow him uh, on social media and, and let us know if there are any ways in which we can connect so thank you everyone for coming today kenneth i really appreciate thank it thank you so much for your time Speak soon yes speak i will soon connect too. right now on linkedin okay all right talk to you all right bye bye, bye. bye. ciao Thank you for listening and remember to share, like, and comment if this content brought value to your life. You can find us on social media as We Are Torre. Explore more content at blog.torre.co. See you around.